swap the word need to should, I should do, I should do, I should do. I should start fucking listening to my head and my heart instead of all these supposed tos that are buzzing around my head like annoying midges. Hello, I am Joel Ingram, and this is Crisis to Crushing It Podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk, and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception, and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. But tomorrow is a 150-mile ride, so it's, uh, I can gain, gain my strength for that and, and just kind of go for it before I cook dinner for the, the folks. So, uh, cool. Um, it's kind of, okay, yeah, it bothers me that I haven't done it, like worked out today or done my session or what I should have done, but I'll be making up for it tomorrow when I do my long ride. So just have to remember that when I wake up, because I'm getting up at three in the morning um, to ensure that I can get out, cycle my 150 miles, come back, shower, recover, eat, sort my life out, and then I've got two and a half hours to cook for Michi, Angus, and Laura, so... It's all about kind of, I don't know, some people would be like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to bother getting out for my ride because, you know, I'm going to stress about this meal. And I just get up earlier and make sure that it's the day. And then when Laura and I finish for the night and we go upstairs and we put a, a, an episode of Game of Thrones on because we are that cool, then I am going to be done. 10 o'clock, I'll be dead. So, but I'll sleep good on Saturday night, you know, and Sunday morning. Sunday is almost my day off. So I can, I'm currently, have you ever heard of Elliot Hulse? Yes. Yeah. Um, fantastic. I watch his videos every single day of my life um, from January. <laughs> not all my life. Uh, every single day I watch one of his videos. I, I'm, I'm taking on board something that he is saying because like we well and truly resonate and uh, it really kind of gets me going and it's all about a lot of people have said, you know, the secrets, it's not the secret success, that's bollocks. It's, um, a lot of people have said this kind of, what's it called? The hero's journey and things like that in the way that you have to go through these various sort of stages of life. And then you find a mentor and a mentor doesn't need to be someone sat next to you as in like Bob and Dave who are helping you through. It could be someone you're reading about who died 200 years ago. It could be someone on a YouTube video. Elliot Hulse is one of mine. And um, he has this this video that he was going on about how, you know, I personally, I have to put 100% of my soul into everything that I do. And um, I do that, especially at work. I've got a very sickening work ethic. So his, when it, in, in one of his videos, which I'm slowly but surely getting to in this very convoluted conversation, is um, that he has, he goes off and says, when you do something, like give it all, spend yourself, leave it all out. And then when it's done, it's done. So Sunday is my day of just bliss and rest. You know, a couple of extra hours in bed, nice breakfast. Laura and I go out for the day somewhere in the sun. So uh, work hard and just uh, destroy myself tomorrow. And then Sunday's a day off. Um, I like it. In the morning. So how long is this ride going to take? Uh, I don't know because uh, it's kind of on and off road. If I was on a, if I was on a road bike on the roads, easy peasy, I could probably bash it out in six hours, um, hundred and fifty miles. So, but I'm not. It's on and off road, so it's probably going to take within you know up to about nine hours, ten hours of riding. So, by the time I'm back, that's going to be three, seven, eight, nine. So yeah, it's about one o'clock. So. Two o'clock in the afternoon, which is enough. Then shower and then go and get get on with it. And and how, and how would you stay fueled on something like that? I just take loads of bananas. Um, I've got a bunch of these things actually. Hang on, I'm, this is not a sales pitch. <laughs> so I got a sponsorship once upon a time from a company called the Protein Works. And they specialize in, you know, supplements and bits and pieces. And they do these amazing little bar things. And um, it's all like supernatural food. There's no crap in it. It's just you read the, you read the ingredients and you know what all the ingredients are. 
and they're kind of like loaded with protein and that sort of thing, but they taste like food. Have you ever had a, a protein bar and it's, it, it, you might as well just be chewing on a table or your shoe or something. <laughs> right. It's called a loaded legend, right? It's got three layers of amazingness. It's got this like weird, you can't see me, that's my chin. It's got this like weird brownie kind of amazingness with some caramel and some peanut butter and oh. chocolate on it. But it's not just shit. It's raw cacao. It's fresh. It, it's uh, raw peanut butter. It's um, protein brownie made from a, a sort of vegan protein complex sort of thing. So it's got no rubbish in it, which is really, really good. And they taste amazing. So uh, What are they called? The, pro- the protein works. The protein works, yeah. So I take a bunch of those, uh, a bunch of bananas, and a carbohydrate drink, um, pretty much set. So nothing too outlandish. And I hate energy gels because they're not actual real food. That's just something that somebody's made their test tube somewhere. But uh, see with that, you know, it's got oats in it, it's got nuts in it, and it's got fruit in it. And, you know, you know what you're eating, which I quite like. So, so, uh, so from what you said already, you're very much into like living off the uh, the cleanest side of the fitness. I've always I'm trying to do a lot more sort of work and studying into the nutrition side of life. Sports science, sports nutrition, physical training are three things that I that amaze me and I love it. And I can't stop learning about it. And physical training and sports nutrition, they have to go hand in hand. And then the sports science is the geekery that goes behind it all. And you like understand why you're doing that squat and how it works and all that sort of rubbish. So that kind of is an outlier. That's a armchair reading kind of thing. But physical training and nutrition, they go together like peas and carrots, right? So I can't just go, somebody tells me, right, I need to eat that. Okay, cool. I need to understand why I'm eating it, what's going inside, what's happening and why I need certain things. And if I don't need certain things, why that is, and then you kind of end up making your own sort of hybrid diet. And I think all diets are a load of crap. Um, like Atkins and going, uh, ketogenic diets, it's all rubbish. It's, you know, we're human beings and we're designed to eat many things. You know, we have an omnivorous diet. And I always go, I haven't got this book here, have I? It's upstairs. I always go by the words of a man called Dr. Mike Stroud, who is the leading voice on all things human endurance, and uh, Martin McDonald, who is the um, leading voice on all things nutrition. You put those two brains together, and you have the perfect nutrition orb of education. And it comes from somebody who has read every single study ever made, ever in the history of sports nutrition, Martin McDonald, 100% fact, and you have somebody who is a doctor of um, sports science, sports medicine, and went across Antarctica with Ronald Fiennes, ran seven mountains in seven days and seven continents, done all this crazy shit, and then monitored all the science behind it. So he knows what he's talking about, and this guy knows what he's talking about. And funnily enough, some of the things they're saying correlate. So I take those correlations and I go, I'm going to try that and see how it works. And the underlying factor is diets are rubbish. If you want to lose weight, eat less calories, exercise more. If you want to do stupid things like I do, live to maintenance and it doesn't really matter what you eat. And I've always gone on a principle of I like to see what I'm eating. So I don't go for fast food because I can't see what's inside one of those burgers, but I'll make my own burgers and I make some killer burgers. Um, and I'll eat like, not like a clean diet or like whole foods or any of that rubbish. Like that's not a clean diet. They're not whole foods, but I read the ingredients and I don't need a PhD to read, to understand what half the ingredients are, which is like, through the kitchen it's an absolute tip i realized behind me um all the food is just normal food you know and cheap food i'm a i'm a massive fan of mexican food have you ever have you ever gone shopping for mexican food cheap as kidney beans black beans like legumes things that are so good for you salsa 
fresh coriander, fresh ingredients. It's cheap as fuck. And it doesn't need to be. You don't need to eat meat every night. You look at the, the working of Dr. Mike Stroud and the working of Martin McDonald. They've come together and you're eating a couple of fish portions a week, a couple of meat portions a week, majority vegetarian. That's how we lived millions of years ago, tens, hundreds, thousands of years ago. Why are we any different now? So this whole, we need to be a vegan. Are you a vegan? Are you a vegetarian? I'm dabbling. I'm finding my way with things. I am. Good. So I'm not going to offend you. <laughs> you want to Veganism me? and it's the best thing. Fucking idiots. Vegetarians. Okay. There's something for it, but you've also got to kind of, it's the fact that vegetarianism is fantastic, but if you want to increase your physical capacity, there are things in meat that you need to consume, that a human being needs to consume to work properly, that a human being needs to consume to build if you want to build or do whatever. So moderation, like we, we wouldn't have been able to get meat and fish and eggs and amazingness every single day. So like, I, I am very majority vegetarian based diet i absolutely love eggs but i'll eat you know like tomorrow we're having lamb stew you know but tonight i've eaten something vegetarian i can't even remember what i've eaten but and that's a very long answer to your question but um it's kind of a lot of people are like yo man what do you eat man you know like just you're an idiot it's just are you gluten-free are you a vegan do you eat this or do you miss out that no i just eat what i enjoy to eat and you become a bit more intuitive you could say oh i really enjoy eating mcdonald's get a life start eating and broadening your palate to some amazing better foods and then you'll understand like if you'd have gone to somebody i i used to love a burger king double xl bacon cheeseburger was my was my poison and i would have that with a supersized fries and a massive um, thing of coke Horrible, but that's what I used to do. If you had gone up to me and said, ah, yeah, but if you put avocado on toast with an egg, I would have been like, sod off, mate. But if you broaden your palate to this great, amazing food, then you understand why it's good for you, and then you end up eating good food instead of shit food. But, um... (laughs) (laughs) You know, I was the same. Burger King is is my poison, and probably if I'm going to eat something really bad, that's what it's most likely to be. Um, but they're very few yeah. and far between. I mean, as an option, McDonald's is completely off the table for me. But, um, mm-hmm. I've dabbled this week with a couple of uh, vegetarian meals. I've done a couple of, uh, I'll send you a nice, I'll send you a nice recipe for a, a green lentil. It's like a, a soup, like a soup slash stew. Yeah. yeah. Really tasty. I'm game. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'll send you a couple of Mexican recipes. I love cooking Mexican food. I've never really cooked any Mexican. I usually go Indian. Oh, Laura, I, I cooked Laura a um, Mexican meal, a Mexican feast last uh, the other night, and we had you know fresh guacamole. I make a mean guacamole. Um, what did we have? Ah, um, oh, five bean chili. Oh, nachos with like. Sour cream, yeah, got a bit of fat in there. Great cheese, got a bit of fat in there. Salsa, like fresh salsa. There's nothing bad in that at all. There's no added sugar. There's no added crap. Um, what else do we have? Enchiladas and sort of a deconstructed burrito um, to go with it all as well. Unbelievable food. All vegetarian, but it was really good. Yeah. Really good food. Loads of fresh coriander. Loads of fresh flavors. Really good food. Lots of chili. You, you like the heat? Um, sort of. I went too much chili. <laughs> but, but chili is really good for blood pressure um, and sort of plasma, um, plasma production and that sort of thing. To have heat, um, like fresh chili heat, is, is really good for you. So, okay. Um, I, I just quite like eating it. And sure, you have to like eat a tub of ice cream after. But, but uh, you know, it's always good. <laughs> I like it. We mentioned plasma production then. What's, what's plasma production? So plasma is the stuff that makes your blood liquidy, right? If you don't have, if you have decreased plasma, you get blood clots. 
it's kind of that liquidate liquidization agent that you have in your blood and if you eat hot food that thing speeds up your blood thins slightly plasma becomes a bit more prevalent you start sweating systems start working because you're like damn this is hot and then your stomach is starting to work your digestive system is being so invigorated that eating chili is really just starting to get things moving the way they should in contrast if you eat a big mac nothing is going to like work. Oh, great. And this horrible like mass is going to go through here, down there, and just sit in there and just fester. And in the morning, it's going to step down the toilet, and you're like, oh, wonderful. That was fantastic. Thanks so much. But it's... Um, um, it's on akin to like eating blueberries and things like that first thing in the morning. If you haven't eaten anything, the first thing you eat is like a really, really strong antioxidant or... Like a beetroot. Beetroot's amazing. I have beetroot juice every morning. If you have something like that, then it's just, your body's just like, oh, amazing. We've just gone to the petrol station and filled up with like, I don't know, shell platinum or whatever it's called. That <laughs> supreme fuel. And you're just like, oh, amazing. Thanks so much. And then it's primed to work. You know? Yeah. Whereas if you get up in the morning, eat a tub of butter, then it just goes and just sits there like an anchor. What uh, about good food at, you know, most of the time really everyone's allowed to like pile out I love a pizza yeah. there we go another nutrition man <laughs> <laughs> no you're very descriptive then and you actually I think you just put me off McDonald's for my life you just said goes down and, <laughs> it goes down and festers I thought oh my god this is yeah. a description it does though just sits there like a blockage in a drain a big hairy horrible <laughs> Just pull out the shower plug. Just goes down there. Just sits there. You're like mm. so much nutrition that your stomach just stops. Yeah. I would. I would. You in, encourage someone to uh, maybe knock that habit on the head. Give them some amazing tasting food. I. You could be like, oh no no no, don't eat that. What happens when you tell anyone not to eat something? They'll fuck off and eat. People are like, okay, yeah, eating that, it's full of shit. Wow, well, what else is there? Oh, amazing, great question. Come and try this black bean quesadilla. Come and try this. Come and try traditional Irish stew. Come and try, I don't know, uh, think of an example, Ben, think of an example. Uh, swap your breakfast of Fruit Loops or whatever. I know it's very American, but I'm trying to think of the most unhealthy sort of sugary cereal. Swap that for like a tub of yogurt with a little bit of orange juice in it. Spin it around, make it thinner. Add some mango in there, some blueberries, some granola, and guaranteed you'll have a craving for that tomorrow morning. It's amazing. You know, introducing people to different foods and... It doesn't take people like spinning 50s to be able to afford to do that sort of shit because I can't afford to do that. But again, another Elliot Hulse video um, point that came out, which I always abided by since I've been training, training, is um, sure, I could be skint and living in my van or whatever, but one thing I will never um, sort of skimp on is what goes in here and, and what, what makes my body work. I'll never go in there like, oh, well, the only thing I can afford is microwave meals from Iceland. That's bollocks. If you can afford that, you can go to Aldi and get some vegetables. You can go and get some tinned tomatoes, 35p, some tins of, like, anything. So you can go in your cupboard. You can go and get pinto beans. You can get tins of anything, tins of legumes and stuff. 20p. Think about how many meals you can make out of a quid's worth of beans. You know, it's not just baked beans. It's different beans. Cannellini beans with some coriander and some tomato and some diced up onion. Costs about £2.50 to make. Serve that on a piece of toast. It's heavenly. You know, it's just opening your, broadening your mind a little bit to eating like a poor person, um, but also getting some really good flavors in there. I think the biggest problem is blandness. And then we get attracted to nice salty foods. So if you then take away that blandness and add in 
punchy flavor. I love making Japanese ramen because it's got loads of soy, loads of chili, loads of coriander, loads of ginger, some vinegar in there. It's amazing. And it's like a punch in the face with flavor. If you have that, you will never go anywhere near a bag of chips again because you're like, oh, I just need that flavor. That's amazing. Go and get some really strong paprika-infused chili. Amazing. Go and find some sweet potato mash with turmeric. Something completely different. Really good, strong flavor. You know, a really rich beef stock. Amazing flavors. If you if you start encouraging people to just try different things or get someone to push them into it, as soon as they go, oh, I'll just try this. Oh, life's changed. And all of a sudden, you realize that that salty, horrible mess you get from McDonald's or Burger King is then just bland. And you're like, this just tastes like grease. I might as well just lick a bacon pan because that's the same feeling you're going to get in your mouth, that sort of like cloggy, clayey horribleness. Whereas you eat some amazing food. Oh, you know, even Greek food, like some fresh tahini, some fresh... Um, some fresh, what's it called? Tzatziki, things like that. Amazing. Really, really good. Fresh curry. You, know, you mentioned Indian. I haven't made curry. It's pence to make. And you just throw some stuff together and put it with some low-fat um, coconut milk or whatever. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah I agree. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's being, being asked to get off your ass and go and dabble with these different things yeah. that you want to change. Yeah, I, I think there was a way again. So again, with Elliot Alts on his videos, there's one video that really, really, really resonates with me. And I can't remember the full context of the video off the top of my head, but there was he was talking because he does this like Yo Elliot thing, right, where people will send in their questions. Maybe a case of I'm gonna we've got this question from our buddy whoever. Anyway, there was this guy. Can't remember the question. Can't remember the context. But he said the line. Um, um, should I, you know, remain in my comfort zone where I'm safe and, you know, I'm comfortable and I'm happy? Or do you take the path less traveled? Do you follow that call to adventure? Do you do something fucking dangerous because you don't know where it goes and it's based solely on a dream that you think may or may not happen in the future? What's it going to be? You know, and it's obvious. But I think we know it's obvious and it's sexy when you hear it, but obviously to do it is difficult. And that's exactly the same with, you know, putting down a Big Mac and picking up a tin of beans and having a look at that and putting it in a pan and see what happens. I think people need to be kind of just shown, especially men, people just need to be shown what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And then, you know, teach a man to fish, that whole sort of analogy, then you can show people principles to live by and then they can start to just kind of adapt it in their own way. Yeah. No, you're right. I like it. I like it. Is this, is this, is this where your um, coaching packages and stuff are going to intend to do? Is this where we're going with the membership? <sighs> yeah. Um, see, that's interesting because the membership is – it's a weird hybrid thing that I don't really think has been done before. So I'm quite excited by it and I'm a little bit nervous. And I think because it's kind of scaring me a little bit, I know I'm doing the right thing. And uh, I like that. And I'm kind of pushing that a little bit. I'm being a little hesitant in making it all go live, but I'm being incredibly lazy in some, set, in some respects because I'm not really to film. But the whole idea is... I'm doing my journey. I'm just doing shit. And I know there is a 13-year-old Ben Turner out there waiting or looking or will need somebody who is doing 100% transparent, no bullshit, no, I'm going to jazz this up for social media. I don't use filters. I don't use that bullshit. Raw, transparent, this is how I have kind of gone through life a little bit. This is my experience and you can take away from it whatever you want. I've got a purpose to be here 
I'm chasing that. And if my purpose to X on the screen is to sit, is to go, oh my God, there's a person there who is not an idiot and not a, an Instagram retard or somebody who, sorry, I shouldn't say that. Let me, let me try that. Is not an Instagram fake person who is just putting on social media about how these pictures look at oh, amazing this is me in Bali the other day and you're like no because what you're doing there is hiding guarantee there's something wrong with those people you're hiding behind this little perfect screen and what I'm trying to do with my little membership thing is give people an excuse to invest in themselves I am doing it now I'm breaking my bank investing in myself. I'm trying to make what's in here happen. I don't know what I'm doing. I was saying this to Laura the other day because things are getting a little good between us, which is great. So I like to try and lay it out early. I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. I do not know if it's going to work. I probably am going to fail in some elements. I am still learning. I'm being massively ambitious, but I know it's going to work. I know what I'm doing is right. And in the world, according to Ben, more people need to have that drive. More people need to have that vision. More people need to be, need to be looking at that going, what I'm doing when I get up in Monday morning is the right thing for me and for the world. And me, as in the person, the individual comes first. That's what I think. And my little membership thing, I want to show somebody who's just doing that, the, the ups, the downs, the failures, the successes, the I can't fit it around my job, the I'm worried about money, the I'm going to make these kick-ass adventures happen, and the highs and lows associated with that, and then how somebody else can do it. Now, my thing is doing crazy endurance adventures. That's my thing. The principles behind how somebody can do something, insert your thing here, is the same. It's all the same. Where, where if you want to become, I don't know, if you want to become the best podcast on the internet, or if you want to go and run 73,000 marathons, one exactly the same. So I would just like to try and show folk that while I'm sort of learning it myself, if that makes sense. And then the, with the rest of the membership comes the whole sort of continuous learning principle, which is learning from people who have already done that, um, who are doing their thing. And then how, you know, I'm, I'm all about people learning different skills from different things. Like we go upstairs to my bookshelf. There are books that like, I, I like climbing. I like outdoorsy stuff. I like fizz. Not all of my books are about physical training, nutrition and climbing. You know, there are some things in there that I'm relating to, what I do. There are books about special forces because there are things in there I can relate to what I do. There are books about dancers because I can relate to what they There are principles there. That a chef can learn something from an athlete. An athlete can learn something from a, I don't know, a podcast ninja, an academic, somebody, something different. There are transferable skills all over the place. So I think when people are like, oh, yeah, I've kind of got this idea of what I want to do, and they get tunnel visioned on what they think that thing is, and then they get stressed out because they want to do running, and they're reading books by Scott Jurek or Rich Roll, and they're thinking, right, I've got to be an absolute ninja tomorrow. How on earth do I do that? Whereas I don't really know what I want to like specialize in. I love running. I love cycling. I love swimming. I love triathlons. I love climbing. I love mountaineering. There's fucking loads of shit that I like to do. And I'm not going to specialize in any of them, but I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to be a jack of all trades. I'm going to be a fucking master at the things that I decide to do because you're learning from different things. As a cyclist, I'm reading Bruce Lee's Tower of Jeet Kune Do, Sun Tzu's Art of War. I'm running, I'm reading books about running. Um, I'm listening to a podcast about an absolute mega ninja, David Goggins. Um, listening to a book about a triathlon, a triathlete, sorry. There are things there that you can, you can transfer across. So that, yeah. And again, a long answer. I like doing these, uh, to your question. That's kind of why, where I'm, where I'm at. It's kind of my journey. Yes, it's all very me centric. It's my journey, but and then I'm offering 
my experience to people because I know there are people out there who are wanting to do a similar sort of thing. We're in a very big, tumultuous world of change at the moment with all sorts of shit going on. And I think it's really important right now for people to just be doing what the hell they want to do instead of what they think they should do. Yeah. Because all these sort of thou shouts and people, and, and you should do this and you should do that. Uh, nobody knows because we're all over the place. Nobody, I don't think anybody at all, parents, specialists, professionals, whatever, are in a position to say, you should do this. Because they don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. The only knows is what's going on in here what's going on in here and then the rest of it and what this body can do you know people need to be listening to these two a bit more maybe switching that off a bit more and listening to a bit of this and then building a better relationship you know that's what i think absolutely i mean that's 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 how i've deconstructed mine basically yeah spot on i mean because the the recent job move i had was a, a shift due to feeling unfulfilled and it was a sense of like there was, there was stress there was overwhelmed there was I was actually manifesting illnesses um, and it wasn't until I thought well something's got to change so, so once I could get past the financial aspect of it if, if and just go for it mm. was I then able to be going to work with a smile on my face you know? and then yeah. knowing that I'm working towards other things as well. So you're so you're so right, and I it frustrates it frustrates me. I've had a conversation with someone the other day in work who, who was saying a similar sort of thing he'd wish he'd done, but if he'd had chosen this at the path, it would have meant that his family wouldn't have had the lifestyle maybe they could become accustomed to, rather than assess the lifestyle they've become accustomed to and see if it's actually fulfilling everybody. Yeah. He, he is then putting himself or making himself unhappy for the rest of yeah. to fulfill their needs. Well, yeah. But yeah. that's because that's yeah. what they've become used to. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've got, what is it? Three people, four people, whatever. They're living in this, in this bubble of what they've got used to this kind of, you know, you become comfortable in inverted commas until you realize you're not comfortable, but you end up getting into this point where you think, Oh, okay, this is life. Now I'm going to breed and then I'm going to die. You know? <laughs> yeah. People talk like that. And then you're just like, well, but what's this thing that, what's this thing that's happening inside me? What's this? Like your mates just had it there. He's like, Oh fuck, I wish I could do that. And that feeling, that thought was, you've got to follow it. Because the more you follow it, the more you understand what it is. If you're then going, oh, I wish I could do that. Right, okay, cool. What is that? Why is that? Like, let's get an understanding of it. Let's start thinking, what, what am I trying to tell me now that I need to be doing? Because funnily enough, we haven't got the brain power at the moment. Well, we have got the brain power. We don't know how to use it to understand that thought process. There's a thought process there that's going on. You can call it fucking God, Allah, Jesus, fucking whatever, aliens, anything. You can, avatar, whatever it is you want to believe in, doesn't matter. There's something, there will be a call to adventure to put a really horrible term on it, or there will be a, an epiphany, a sudden realization of the truth, some form of feeling that every person will get and they'll have to take action on it. And it can be so simple as, fuck, I need a holiday. Or it could be, damn, I wish I could just do this. I'm really passionate about how this is made. I really want to learn more about it. Uh, but I, I haven't got time because, you know, my wife's expecting me to do this or my husband's expecting me to do that or I need to do this or I need to go and do this. And I need to swap the word need to should I should do I should do I should do I should start fucking listening to my head and my heart instead of all these supposed to's that are buzzing around my head like annoying midges you know you've got to understand a little bit be, become a little bit more introspective to understand that there is something that your body would like mate you need to be doing this it's a really, it's a really cliche thing to say. It's a really difficult thing to explain, but there are several ways that I've heard it 
said, and I'm going to elaborate on two now. The first one is by a man called Les Brown. And he said, you know, he is like the motivational speaker. He's absolutely fantastic. And there's one thing that he said that really, really stuck in mind. And that was, imagine yourself on your deathbed and surrounded. This is very morbid, but, but let's roll with it. Um, so you're, you're on your deathbed and surrounded by, uh, surrounding you are the ghosts of ideas and dreams that you had that you never acted on. So just take a minute and think about what that would be for you. What have you said? Oh, fuck, I really want to do that. And you've trained for it and you've done it and you've, you've, you've worked towards it and then you've given up. Or there was an idea that you thought, oh, I really could do that. And then it got lost in, oh, but I should do this or I'm supposed to do this or whatever. Those dreams will come back and they'll be looking around you with large, angry eyes on your deathbed. And they'll say that we came to you and only you could have given us life. And now we must die with you forever. And that's his saying. I, I, I haven't made that at all. I can't take any credit for it. That's Les Brown saying. And the way I think of that is you could wake up in the morning, fall down the stairs and break your neck. You're in hospital. You could walk to work, walk to school, walk to fucking whatever, get hit by a bus. Your car could crash. You could have a blowout on the road doing 70 miles an hour. What, anything can happen. And one thing that I really like these talks, they kind of talk, they kind of turn into therapy for me, for my own thought process. But like one thing I've always kept in the back of my mind is if I get to that point, anything can fucking happen. I could get on my bike tomorrow morning. My front wheel falls through the cattle grids, but it's on the driveway. I go over my handlebars and I break my face. You know, something happens and, and you're like, shit. Anything could happen. If I end up in hospital, I wanna I wanna look at myself and be like, Yes, I've made a good I I've made a good stab at this life thing and I don't regret it. And things that I've done wrong in the past, if I've failed at something, if I've quit at something, which I have lots, um, I'm okay with it. You know, I've I've come to terms with the fact that I didn't succeed at that and I thought I should. Um, you know, there were lots of people that get sort of caught up looking on the past at things. Um, and then the second saying is, what's the second saying? Can I remember it now? Or have I gone off too far? <laughs> <laughs> no, I've forgotten it. I'll come back to me in a minute. But anyway, it, um, on that note of kind of, you know, people who are constantly, if they, you've got two types of people, I think negative people um one person is constantly looking too far in the past you know and we spoke about this last time you know oh last year i did this or i was able to do this and nobody gives a shit because you're dead that, that last person that person from then is dead and gone oh what, what person that is here today and what are you going to do about it and when you are lying on that deathbed because you got hit by a fucking runaway train or whatever you can look at that and be like, yeah, but I went hard today. That was really, really good. I'm well happy with that, which is why I, I have to apply myself 100% to everything I do. Because if I know, actually, you know, looking across and I can see Angus and Mishi, I didn't do 100% of my job for that. I've taken, taken them you know, for granted or I've taken advantage of them or I didn't do my workout this morning, which still bothers me a little bit, but I'll get over it. Um, or... I went to McDonald's yesterday, I don't know, and got a Big Mac or, you know, if you are thinking like that instead of, yeah, I went hard, I gave 100%, I did a really, really good job, I'm, I'm happy with where I'm at today. You sleep better at the end of the night, let alone die better if you were sitting on your, on your deathbed. You know, if you're sat in bed and you're there just, ah, just before you go to sleep, ah, you take a big deep breath and you go, that was a good day. You know, just how good that feeling is when you sit there and go, today was a good day. I am looking forward to tomorrow. And I guarantee, I don't know how you're going to edit this, but there are people listening to this, watching this, doing whatever to this, and they haven't experienced that. They haven't been able to go, oh, today was a good day. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. And I guarantee 99% of your listeners have never said that on a Sunday night. Oh, I had a really good day today. 
I can't wait for Monday. You know, uh, Eric Thomas, Eric, uh, Eric, um, what's his name? Eric Thomas's, uh, thank God it's Monday. How many people are like, thank God it's Monday? You know, I'm buzzing for Monday morning. I can't wait. And I'm going to start this new sort of video series thing on every Sunday where I'm going to start challenging people. You know, are you going to bed tonight and going, today was a brilliant day. I can't wait for tomorrow. Because I do that every week. Sometimes, well, there are, okay, everyone has, everyone has down times, uh, you know, and bad times and whatever. But at the end of the day, the next, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, the next day is, you know, you clean slate, you just get up and you do it all again. You know, it, it could have been a really crap day. It could have rained all day. You could have a really negative connotation with the weather. You could have had a fight with your partner. You could have, I don't know, the dogs shat on the floor, you, you kids throwing the food all over the place. You, you know, you've had a stressful day, but you've got to find that positive to be able to go, yeah, today was a stressful day, but we got through it. And if that's as far as you go, that's as far as you go, because tomorrow you've got to do it again. It doesn't fucking matter. You know, if you could really dig into something and find all the positives behind it, fantastic. Oh, a kid threw, threw the, most of the food on the floor. At least, at least they ate some of it. Dog shat on the floor. At least he's not dead. I had an argument with you, Mrs. Well, it's, you know, it's fine now. You know, I had, a, had an argument with a partner. That's fine. You know, we've worked it out. We've had some makeup sex, whatever. You know, there, there's a positive in everything. And if, if you can just, so many people are just, just so fucking negative and everything. And they're like, they'll quickly go to the, oh, well, this is shit. Cause they love moaning and horrible. Like people that feed off of moaning, and I hate these people. And I know I'm sounding very negative now, but these people really need to know that that's who they are. Because there are people who are probably listening to this who feed off negative shit, and they'd be like, "Oh yeah, oh, I'm really, really negative." And now, now like latch onto it like some sort of fucking parasite, paradise, parasite, <laughs> and um, and it's horrible. Instead of that, having that person, you're like, oh, okay, you've had a bad day. Well, tell me about it, you know. Talk me through it. You know, we had a stressful day the other day. Laura was having a stressful day the other day. So we just sat down and had a chat about it over a, over dinner. Um, and then, you know, by the end of it, we were joking about it. And it was a positive. And then all of a sudden, it doesn't matter. But if you then, like, feed off of that with your own negativity, you know, imparting your own negativity on someone else, which is probably the worst, right, one of the worst things you can do to somebody. And you're like, oh, I've had a negative day. Oh, yeah, I had a shit day too. And, and you just fester together. And then that's it. Evening ruined. You know, you're not going to go upstairs and watch Game of Thrones and chill and have a great time and have a laugh. No, you're miserable. And there are too many people who are completely miserable. And I'd love to be able to do something to transform just one person from being a negative person <laughs> into, <laughs> yeah, into somebody who's just, who might just lift someone else up with a little bit of positivity. Yeah. Change somebody's way of thinking. Yeah. Wayne dies, change the way you look at things, the way things you look at change. If you change somebody's way of thinking, then okay, it, may not, it might not affect them immediately and turn them from like captain negativity into... Mr. Positivity or Mrs. Positivity of the world. But if that slight change leads on to them having a conversation with somebody else and they don't bring them down to their pit of wallowing, then that's a good thing done. You know? And then if you're, if you're slowly but surely, like you sit down with your missus over the, over the dinner table and she's had a bad day and you go, oh, let's talk about it. And then you turn into one little positive, even though you might have had a shit day yourself and you're waiting to unload that, then You've had a positive between the two people. And then it's your turn. You know, oh, actually, yeah, I did have a pretty crap day today because of X, Y, and Z. And then she or he or whoever it is you're talking to does it the same to you. you. Make a little laugh out of it. And that's it. You're done with it. And you move on. People wallow. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. 100%. I think you nailed it, Elon, when you said about um, one of the, the greatest things I ever did, and I say, say it in my videos, is introspection. Uh, people are afraid to go inside and experience and understand themselves because it yeah. scares the shit out of them and they'll put all sorts of different barriers up so they haven't got to do it. Yeah. 
Funny, it was it's just a um, part of, well, I've... I've listened to the audiobook of David Goggins' book a couple of times now because that's what I listen to when I'm out doing my job. Um, and uh, it's funny because he says the exact same thing. Like people are terrified to spend time alone with themselves. Hmm. And, you know, he has these accountability mirror and things like that, which are fantastic. Oh, I've done that myself. And it takes, I think, a certain type of person to be that brutal with yourself. But otherwise, just go out for a bike ride with no distractions, no music, no nothing. Go out for a run, no music. Um, I used to find going for a walk uh, up a hill was was really, really good for sort of introspection because you kind of, you get to the point where you're pretty tired and then, you know, your brain starts working and you start, to, I talk to myself, a bit of a weirdo. Um, so you've like set the world to rights with your own self which is a bizarre thing. And, you know, you're having this full on, full blown conversation with yourself. Sometimes turns into an argument, sometimes turns into a shouting match. And then all of a sudden you're, you're understanding more about yourself. Yeah. And people are terrified to do that. I think. Yeah. I've, uh, I'll have a a couple of mornings when I'm walking to work, I'll either knock the podcast on the head or the audio book on the head and I'll just walk and I'll listen to the birds and I'll see what's going through my mind. Yeah. And I'll have a conversation with myself. There it is. And I'll notice which way my thinking is going and then I'll address it and pivot if needed. Yeah. It's, 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 that, I think that's the biggest thing you can do to change is, is, is bring about that self-awareness is the introspection. And, and for myself personally, I don't know about you, when I, when I was the person that wasn't doing the introspective work, I was looking external to myself and blaming other people. Like, that's not fair. This isn't fair. Why would they do that? <laughs> you know I mean, it's all other people, other things. Yeah. Rather than thinking, okay, so what part of that do I own? Yeah. You know, oh, like you said, I think you said this last thing, you know, own your shit. Like, this is, it's your life. It's your creation. <laughs> yeah. It's funny you should say that because you, you look at Jocko Willink with his extreme ownership. Yeah. It's never anyone else's fault, never anyone else's responsibility. It is not you as a person's responsibility to find worth in other people. You know, you're not looking for constant, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, not constant affirmations, what's the word? Um, constant feedback, uh, for lack of a better word, from other people. You know, you're not, it's, it, it, it's not your fault. Uh, sorry, it's not someone else's fault that your workday was crap, or that your relationship sucks, or that your kids hate you, or that your dog won't look at you and go out for a walk with you, or that your diet is shit and you look fat when you look in the mirror. Your fault. It's your own fault. And I think it's really difficult to then turn around and take ownership of that. You know. Jocko Willick will say, take extreme ownership. Um, and it also be like, you know, own your own self. And, you know, other folk will say their own little weird, wonderful things. And Will Smith has another video series on that as well. But at the end of the day, it's just kind of realizing that everything you do, physics, everything you do will have an equal and opposite effect. Sorry. Uh, equal and opposite reaction. I don't know science very well, obviously. Uh, so if you're a miserable fuck, then guess what? Everything else is going to be fucking miserable. You know, what you're, what you're doing is going to have that sort of similar, like you're going to have this yin and yang going together. So a little bit of positivity, funnily enough, breeds a bit more positivity. Uh, a little bit more sort of proact- proactivity breeds opportunity. You know, things happen. So you start just tweaking the way you do shit. I'm going to eat healthy food, working out a little bit, and I'm going to look like a Greek god in the mirror. Fantastic. That was simple. Or, you know, fuck, I work in, I don't know, Canary Wharf in the banking industry, and all I do is work for 27 hours a day. Well, on the 28th hour of that day, I'm going to make some time. And I'm going to work, I'm going to work, I'm going to walk to and from work. You know, you just walk, get a bit of physical activity, get the heart rate going and think, like you said, just have a bit of open mind time, you know? Yeah, indeed. I, I seen a post the other day on the, I can't think what it was now. 
it was an article in the paper, uh, Huffington Post, I think it was. And there's a guy who would, uh, he was a big chap in his mid forties, where he decided to become a delivery driver. Um, oh yeah. In the, in his evenings to lose weight. Right. Uh, and the money he earns, he donates to charity. Ah, sweet. What a legend. Yeah, I thought. I thought that, that's, that's, that's pretty cool to take that, you know, that awareness and, and actually yeah, do something yeah. that drastic, you know, because most people want to sit on their ass when they get home from work. Yep. And watch, you know, endless Netflix. <laughs> legend. What a guy. I know, I've tried to track him down, but I can't, I can't find him on social other than just his name, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what a legend. What a great idea. Huh, that's a really good idea. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. So how was your training going in for, for this um, Iceland trip? Are we all on, on schedule and everything? We are on schedule. I'm just trying to um, sort out kit uh, and get my get my stuff sorted together because some of my training rides towards the latter end of this month and next month involve packing the bike up as I would when I go to Iceland and then uh, you know getting on it on some, on some distance. So uh, a long ride tomorrow. Keep normal training for the rest of April uh, and then at the end of the month off to the Outer Hebrides do 168 mile bike ride on the Hebridean Way twice. So do it or do, do 168 miles in the 24 hours, which would be a fun day out, and then turn around at the bottom of the Outer Hebrides and then come back over like two or three days. So then just practice. A, I'll be riding on tired legs, and B, I'm also kind of, you know, I'm going to be camping, I'm going to be living, I'm going to be understanding how my system works and making sure that, you know, I'm nice and slick when it does come to Iceland. And the only thing I want to do is eat and sleep. Um, so just making sure it's nice and slick. Um, then the distance goes up a little bit more, do 500 miles in non-stop, so it's not going to stop, uh, and just cycle the North Coast 500, uh, and hopefully do that in two days. That'd be fun. Um, but yeah, otherwise, got to book flights. Yeah, just trying to work out the finance behind it now and you know, get some flights and get the right kit and get one of these funky maps that has a little picture of you that follows you all the way around the thing so that people can like view and see where you're going. Um, but uh, I've got the website up and running for the Iceland trip, uh, which is good. So um, that's very good. And I'm just trying to sort of get involved with a few folk in Iceland as well. Just to, not necessarily, I mean, of course, the underlying there is an underlying sort of reason to promote the, the, the trip, but also just to kind of this continuous learning kind of thing. I really want to meet up with Hafthor Bjornsson, the, uh, uh, one of the world's strongest men. Uh, oh, wow. obviously from, from uh, He's the mountain from Game of Thrones as well. He looks like a really, really decent bloke, and I've seen him in a lot of videos with um, Eddie Hall doing strongman stuff. I love strongman training. I mean, I'm not built like a strongman at all, but I love the principle of that training. Um, and I'd really like to meet up with him in Iceland and just, you know, get a few knowledge bombs, pass a few stuff, eat some food together, and then maybe do a strongman session as well, um, just for a bit of fun. So, you know, again, open-minded. What can a cyclist learn from somebody who is seven foot tall and weighs about as much as a five-story building? You know, there's going to be there's going to be transferable knowledge there for sure. Yeah. So it's going well. It's honestly pretty difficult trying to discipline yourself to get up early in the morning when all you want to do is sleep. Um, I don't know if you ever had it. You know, you just wake up in the morning, you just want to die because you're so tired. <laughs> yeah. And open your mind hurts. You've got to like boot yourself up the ass to really, really, really get yourself going. Um, and funny enough, Getting someone else up at that time as well really, really helps. So Laura's got a lot of revision to do. So like we'll get up at the crack before the crack of dawn and then we'll have a quick sort of coffee and a quick breakfast and then I'll crack on on the bike and disappear. And then she's got some peace and quiet, you know, before anyone's up to get a revision done. And it, you know, it makes getting up on that morning so much easier. And if you have somebody who's willing to do that on a Sunday morning, 
then uh, you're in for a winner and it just makes your life a lot easier. So that's what yeah. I found anyway. Yeah. The hardest fucking thing is just, I've got a lot of training to do, but I've got an incredibly physical job. So you've just got to suck it up and do it. And you know, there's none of this whole, oh yes, but you might be overtraining, or you might be doing this, that and the other. And I, I go... I go back to the David Goggins thought process of don't overthink it, just do it. You know, what would Goggins do? So, um, you know, and when it comes to my little rest day, if I want to rest, I can rest. But you know, my rest day, I'm still doing something physical. I'm just taking it a bit easier and focusing less on training, but more on, you know, personal life. It's a plan, you've got to have some form of plan, which you obviously have. Aye, that's what it's all about, you know. Inconsistency, you could have the shittest plan in the world, but if you stick to the plan, then the plan will work. If you have 17 different plans that you've got off the internet somewhere, then funnily enough, you're going to shit in 17 different ways, so. Yeah, I find that's the biggest thing, because I've been looking online at, uh, like, training for triathlon and stuff, uh, since, nice. I got, since our conversation. Uh, nice. <laughs> I find it it's just so much different stuff it's just I'm probably overthinking it it's just a case of just crack on yeah at the end of the day if you're starting to do something then the first thing you've got to do is build an aerobic base and you know that's the, that's exactly the same principle in anything okay you're not going to build an aerobic base in like filmmaking or podcast creation but you've got to do that knuckle dragging just work and doing the motion to start off with that's what building an aerobic base is you know if you want to become a movie star you've got to get in front of a camera it doesn't fucking matter if it's an iphone camera or you know whatever it you've got to do the work to start off with and it's just that kind of okay well i want to do a triathlon can i run can i bike can i swim in not in that order um okay this one's a bit weak, so I'm going to swim loads, you know. I'm going to bike loads. And then I might try swimming and then running because that's kind of uh, – sorry, swimming and then biking because that's what I have to do in a triathlon. So, ah, see how that goes. And you're building this aerobic base. The reason I do – or another reason that I do these challenges is I'm building a monumental aerobic base to sort of lead on to some other top secret challenges that I've got coming up. But uh, sounds good. Hey, sounds good. Oh, it's the the next. What are we? In? Nineteen. The next three years, we're set. No, the next three years are going to be pretty big. So, uh, but you know, you've got to build that aerobic base, and that just comes by doing it. If I'm training on a bike, two thousand three hundred miles around Iceland. I could have all of the cycling training programs in the world that are saying, do sprints, do this, do that. I just need to ride, get on the bike and just move, you know? Whether that's getting a stationary bike in my living room while I'm watching Netflix, or whether that's getting out on my bike on roads and enjoying some fresh air, definitely the latter. Um, you know, it's just, just a case of moving. And then you kind of finesse things. You've got your aerobic base. Because you could turn up to the race being like, yeah, I've done like intervals to the max and I've done this training program and I'm a boss at this but you've got the aerobic capacity of a spoon so you falter when you're halfway through your I don't know distance run at the end um, whereas the next person next to you could be like you did what? what's the training plan? Well, I don't know I just Emil Zytopec kind of style training I just did stuff <laughs> you know and they just so happened to be fun quite long distance or quite hard or whatever and then all of a sudden you come up and you transfer one because you've got that aerobic base and then Zytopec used to train in the woods in the winter in his boots because he loved it didn't, I didn't even know what a fucking marathon was and then when he turned up at a marathon I can't remember what it was I'm halfway through his book I'm kind of getting into that chapter and I can't remember what marathon it was anyway he the pace was going slower than what he was expecting he, he said to one of his competitors mid-run, was like, I don't really understand, you know, is, is, are we meant to be going fast or slow? And obviously his competitor said, oh, you need to be going fast, hoping he would burn out. So Emil Zosbeck goes, 
oh, okay, I'll go fast then. And he went fast and then won. <laughs> By mile. And you're like, oh, right, okay. And it's that complete naivety to, to just do shit. And, and you just get moving. Ross Edgley says it when he was swimming around, uh, when he uh, finished some of his challenges, like swimming around Great Britain, you want to be naive enough to start. I, I want to do a triathlon, don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go for a swim and a bike and a run and see what happens. And then stubborn enough not to quit because it'll get hard, standard, you know, you're going to get niggles and injuries and aches. You're going to feel like shit in the morning when you've got to get up at 4 a.m. to get up before work or whatever. And you've got to have that stubbornness to be like, well, I've started this, so I might as well carry on. And as long as that builds consistency, okay, you might not set a world record in your first attempt, but you'll finish it for sure, you know? Yeah. See, and, and just, just doing stuff, just moving so many people procrastinate, don't they? Oh, I need to get all the triathlon books. I need to get my tra- I need to get my training diary. I need to get this book on weights. I need to get this book on that. I need to get that training program because it looks good. I need to go to Training Peaks, get my account set up. I need to get the Strava standard. If it's not on Strava, it didn't happen. I need to get it hooked up to my Garmin. I need to get myself. Oh, I need a new heart rate monitor. Uh, oh, I might as well hook it up to Facebook as well because my accountability, I'll get it linked up to my Facebook thing because people who don't give a shit about any of the, anything that I'm doing to do with training need to know that I'm training. And then all of a sudden, four weeks have passed and you're like, oh, I haven't done anything. Oh, and then we need to think of nutrition. So I need to get this and this, this. I need to wait for deliveries of this because I need the top protein powder and all this sort of thing. Two more weeks have passed. You've just wasted time. Whereas you could go, well, I've had dinner. So, or breakfast. So, okay. I might put my shoes on and we'll see what this running thing's about. Done. Put my shoes on. Go for a run. Okay. I'm not going to eat that for breakfast again. I'm going to try this. Or I might just try without breakfast, see what that's all about. Okay, that works for me. Or, you know, whatever. Voyage of self-discovery. Yeah, yeah. I like it, man. I like it. It's, uh... There you go. Turner, the king of rants. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. It comes over with passion. It's not ranting, mate. It's cool. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, okay. Um, I don't want to take up all your time. I've got to shoot in a minute. I've got to yeah, I'm no try and get my head down soon. Um, would you Would you be up for another one later on down the line? Mate, I'd love one. I'd yeah? love one. This is this is great. It helps me. Helps you. This is fucking brilliant. Cool. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, thank you, thank you again for taking the time this evening. It's uh, it's much yeah, appreciated. Thank you. It's uh, yeah, I feel like I need to get your brain in a book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think there's people that would benefit from that. Maybe I should start doing more videos where I'm just ranting at the camera for a little while with a little bit more structure. <laughs> together like you're pretty good at asking the right questions and i just go i just gob off <laughs> this is good so iceland so iceland's happening how far down the line oh july july the first i get on a plane hopefully british airways are going to give me a free airline ticket so uh well that's what i'm hoping for anyway so first first of july to the 29th of july so okay in that period then hook me up I've got, I've got a friend I think he's from Iceland and he's got his own podcast and he's into health and everything so I'll, I'll hook you oh, up really? after oh, this oh amazing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah sweet um, and, he, and, he, and he's all up for meeting with people and stuff so I'll see I'll, yeah. see, I'll see if he's up for it oh that'd be cool man yeah for sure cool okay so what's the plan now then are you going to get your head down for half past nine or oh I should do but Game of Thrones well, the kitchen's a bit of a shithole at the moment, so I need to kind of finish that. Ready to go to bed because I'm going to get like there you go. Prime example. I've got shit to do. I'm probably not going to go to bed till ten. I'm still getting up at three. Like, oh yeah, but five hours sleep—that's not optimal. Doesn't matter. Yeah. I'd love to get nine hours of sleep every single night. That doesn't fucking happen. <laughs> so no, I'm going to get my get stuff. And then, yeah, hopefully be in bed by 10. So. And then get out on the bike and start him. <laughs> and smash it. 
<laughs> and then smash it. Cool. That's I like it. it. <laughs> okay, man. Thank you again for your time. Uh, have a lovely yeah, tomorrow. Yes, thank you, man. Have a good weekend. I will indeed. Thanks again, All man. Right. No worries. We'll get in touch over email and then sort out another time. Absolutely. Yeah, yes, please. Sure. I enjoy no our worries. conversations. <laughs> yes, mate. Me too. Me too. <laughs> oh, what was the name of those books again? Ben? No, Matthew? Hang on. Where were we? Books. Doctor? Ah, right. Dr. Mark, uh, Mike Stroud. Yep. Uh, and then Martin McDonald. Lovely job. So Martin McDonald doesn't necessarily have a book, but just look at his website. It's got like it's all it's all free stuff, uh, and like his brain is amazing. Like he just pumps his brain onto his website. And then Dr. Mike Stroud, his book is called Survival of the Fittest. Every human being should read that book. It's brilliant. Okay. Really, really good. Uh, I'm going to Amazon now. <laughs> do it, do it, man! Absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. Lovely job. Thank you, Ben. No worries. All right, I'll speak to you soon, man. All right, all the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit.